Hey there, Tony here, and I've got some hope, trust, love, rejoicing, all kinds of good stuff on the Truth and Words of Music podcast, episode 131. Hello again. It's good to be back with you. I hope you're having a good week this week, and I uh, hope it's going very smoothly for you as we get closer and closer to Christmas of 2015. Wow. I mean, it's only, what's today, the 16th, so if my math does the correct thing in my head, that leaves us uh, two more months till Christmas. Oh, wait, no, no, no. That would be about uh, nine days, I guess. So... Uh, if you're out there hustling and bustling and looking to get gifts, uh, stay safe. Look before you drive through the intersection, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know how it goes. And all I want to do today is give you some good hope and things to trust in and love and rejoicing, reasons for all that. And I hope I can do that for you. And so speaking of hope, you know, it is a good thing to have, don't you think? I mean, especially nowadays when it's really so scarce I mean, when you realize how numbered your days are, and when you understand how many bad people are around, and when you wonder how you'll make it through another day, hope is a good thing to fall back on. Don't you agree? Well, do you have it? Hope, that is? Or or have you hoped before and, and things didn't come through? Has that happened to you? Or do you question whether there's any hope left in the whole world or or even for the world. Well, I'd like you to consider this. Faith. Do you have faith in God? Well, the reason I ask is because without faith in God, you don't really have any hope. It's kind of hand in hand. Well, at least any hope you have is like a vapor. But faith in God has substance. In fact, that kind of faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Uh, For you Christians who listen to this podcast, you may recognize that as something that Paul wrote. Well, what things can be hoped for when you put your faith in God? Well, how about these? Everlasting love, everlasting life, paradise, where no evil person will ever threaten you again. Any of those things sound good? You know, I hear grown men talking about silly things like the weather being our greatest threat or how people are just basically good. Those are silly ideas. You can see the evidence against it all around you. And, well, you also hear them say, well, we've got to to address this problem of crime. I mean, I've been hearing that my whole life, and I'm not a spring chicken. Um, Statements and positions like those They show me why God says wisdom is the principal thing. All the college training and trade schools or online degrees in the world won't give you wisdom and understanding. And without those, you're nothing more than a clanging symbol that eventually becomes a vapor in the wind. It sounds kind of harsh on the surface, but it's true. Latch on to wisdom. You can find it all through the Bible, and it will help you. It'll help you understand why people do the things they do, and then why God has to do the things He does. And as your understanding grows, 
Well, you can apply it to your daily obstacles and you'll discover a hope inside that many, many others, they never find. It's a hope that knows perfection is coming. It knows it. And that kind of hope produces faith and together they produce love. And that's why I say hope is a good thing to have. I mean, when your hope is in your creator, it's a good thing to have. Do you have it yet? I hope so. And if you don't, talk to me about it. I can show you where to get it. I I talk about it all the time. Uh, You may have heard of God. Okay, now I'd like to share with you how good without God is a philosophical impossibility. If God does not exist, then good and evil and right and wrong are just merely concepts within the minds of individuals, or at best, a consensus arrived at by process. You've seen that process happening in our uh, nation's capital over and over and over, and they never seem to get a general consensus of what's right and wrong. So we need a source. If and when the people discover that they can vote on right and wrong, history shows over and over they rarely vote wisely. Can you say Hitler? He was elected, you know, voted for. No, there has to be a universal standard of right and wrong and good and evil, or else it all becomes a matter of opinion and feelings. There is no good without God because only His standard clearly illustrates the consequences of a world left to its own interpretations. I read an article that caused me to write uh, uh, my own article. I read it on my iPhone news app, and it appeared in The Guardian. That's a Uh, news publication, and it was a story out of Lincoln, Nebraska, of all places, about a secular humanist group that moved in on what was traditionally a nativity scene in the halls of the state capitol there. Okay, you think, hmm, that's going on a lot nowadays, right? Well, you can check out my link in in the story that I wrote on uh, TonyFunderburk.com, And you'll see, uh, you can read the whole thing there for yourself. Uh, But I was struck by how unoriginal and uncreative that humanist group is. They want the so-called, you know, separation of church and state. They want that agenda to trump all other views. And they believe they can achieve this by using and bastardizing Christian symbols. For example, they set up a large pine reason tree. Yep, that's R-E-A-S-O-N, reason tree, decked with messages promoting free opinion and scientific and philosophical thought. Wow, that's incredible. They also set up a seasonal scene of snowy model village in the happy humanist. Of course, this is to mock and trivialize Christmas trees and traditional Christmas scenes. Uh, there was one man at that, uh, that event, Tom Gray, who recently retired as a lieutenant colonel after 23 years in the U.S. Army. You may be thinking, aha, he's going to tell them. No, he's also a secular humanist. And he said, there are a lot of religions that discourage the free exchange of ideas. Hmm. We know, ironically, our right to free speech here in America was paid for by Christians who knew our rights come from God, not government. And Christianity encourages a free exchange of ideas. (laughs) It's... It's incredible how they get that confused. But see how far you can get with your exchange of ideas in communistic countries or Islamic countries. 
or other places in the world where the one true living, loving God of creation is shoved out. See how far you can get with your creative ideas and your exchange of ideas. Now, these humanists, they say they're all for a spirit of open-mindedness. Yet, a guy named Chris Clements of, of the Lincoln Atheists told The Guardian, Our message, and I'm quoting now, Our message is that it's a secular government and religion has to stay separate from that. Now, when I wrote the article, I bolded those words, has to stay separate. Did you get that? When you say something has to stay separate, how open-minded is that? And he also said, and it's meant to communicate that atheists are not bad people. We can be good without God. I agree that atheists can be good without God. However, when they are, it's totally by random chance, because without God's standard, how can they ever truly know when they're being good? If everything is good, then nothing is good. If everything is right, then nothing is. But hey, you know, that's just my opinion. Am I right or am I wrong? Can you accept it in a spirit of open-mindedness? Or would you rather just say, stay separate, Tony? Uh, like I said, there's no good without God because it's just open to interpretation. And then you got however many people we have on the planet. Seven billion now, so seven billion ideas of what's good or what's right. Hey, if it's right for me, who are you to say? I mean, that's, that's how it goes, right? It's important to remember how to trust God. And you know what? It's especially important to know how to trust God and remember when life is awesome. You hear people talking about trusting God when things go bad, but um, I don't hear as much talk about trusting God when things are going great. And it may sound a little odd at first, but trusting God oftentimes becomes blurry for the man or woman whose life is full and rich. It's a human tendency to take the credit and leave God out of the equation, and if you find yourself in that boat right now, I'd like to offer some help, okay? They say, and I believe, that things are easier to remember in three. So I have three P's, P's, to help you uh, remember to trust God when things are going well. The first one? The first P is perspective. So how many people do you know or people you've read about who live or have lived forever? Zero, right? Okay, uh, take that perspective. Now, power is the second P. Do you know anyone who's ever created, uh, let's say, a grain of sand, just one grain, or a blade of grass, just one blade? or even a single cell, and I'm talking about creating from scratch now, not taking what's already there and creating more. What's that you say? Zero again? Exactly. Well, that takes me to the third P, which is praise. There is someone who created all the grains of sand on earth, and all the blades of grass, and every living cell, and every living creature and plant, and that sort of power should put things in perspective, and you should be awestruck and ready to praise such power. Are you? Most people, sadly, are not. But since you didn't create the resources you're able to use to make a living in this world, and since there's an incredible amount of complexity in those resources, and since you and I don't have the power to add even one drop of water to the atmosphere, doesn't it make sense to look into it well, a little more deeply? If you don't believe in God, let's say there's a 50-50 chance you could be right, and he doesn't exist, 
and there's no eternity waiting. I say 50-50 chance because my position is that he does exist, and there is an eternity waiting for each person. Well, if there's no God, if you're right, then there's no use in anyone discussing anything or worrying too much about anything. Time would be better spent doing anything and everything you ever dreamed of. And that's because it appears most people don't live past their 80s, so, you know, make hay while the sun shines, as they say. But on the other hand, if there is a God, and that's my assertion, and he actually is like the God described in the Bible, then there is an eternity waiting for every person, and where you spend it is determined by your choice here and now in this life. An eternity of spiritless, bodiless existence, or an eternity of life so abundantly rich in a body that will never die again, and an eternity filled with love so overflowing and fulfilling, you will never, ever want for love again. Your very spirit will exist in love forever. Okay, that's the kind of God a Christian trusts and believes in, and God has always lived, and he always will. And he's made a way for anyone who trusts him to live forever. I can't do that for you. And all the laws of the land and all the rulers of the earth can't do that for you either. And you certainly can't do it for yourself. So, I hope some of what I said will help you learn how to trust God, if you haven't already. Remember, you wouldn't be here to even try to build a rich and rewarding life if it wasn't for Him. Give Him all the credit for anything good in your life. He doesn't demand it from you right now, but he certainly deserves it. And even if I can't prove to you he exists, which of the scenarios I described would you rather see come true? Spiritless, bodiless existence forever, on your own, solo, or abundant, rich, fulfilling, everlasting life? That's my choice. I hope you'll choose it if you haven't already. It's not too late as long as you're breathing. And all you got to do is pray to God and ask him to change you. He will. He's looking for that. He hopes that you will. Do you believe he hears you when you pray? If you'd like to be sure that he does, I have some good news for you. You can know. For example, there was a guy named John who wrote this in the Bible, and I quote him. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will... He hears us. Hmm, that seems pretty straightforward. The verse contains a qualifier. It says, ask anything according to his will. But it nevertheless assures you that God hears you. Still not convinced? Need more? Okay. What if God himself told you that he hears you? Would you believe and trust uh, that? Well, he does say that. And guess what? He did tell you. Your creator said it like this. And I'm quoting some red letters in the Bible. I believe you know who that is if you're a Christian. Uh, Jesus said, Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Now, you don't actually see the words telling you he hears you, but could God do what you ask if he couldn't hear you? Okay, before I go any further, I'd like to know, uh, I'd like you to know that you can't just pray to God for anything you want and expect Him to hear you and give it to you. 
He's not a magician, and he's not Santa Claus. The verse I just quoted from Matthew was for a particular group of people in a particular time with a particular set of circumstances. I won't go into that right now, but please realize the principle is the same. God hears you. Depending on your perspective, this next thing I'm going to tell you, though, it'll either sound harsh or completely sensible. Here it is. There is only one true, living, loving God. When you deal in reality, not dreamy-eyed, self-focused fantasies, you realize there can only be one God. The very definition of God makes that true. There can only be one supreme being above all others. And after all, if every being is supreme, then no one is. Think about it. Since there can only be one true, living, loving God, you owe it to yourself to discover who He is. Here are some examples of who He isn't. You, Allah, Muhammad, Confucius, Buddha, and all of creation. Nope, none of those are God. The one true, living, loving God of the Bible is the only one who can give you eternal life. But He won't force it on you if you don't want it. He requires one thing from you in order to receive eternal life, and that's this. Ask. Ask Him to come into your heart and save you, change you, and make you whole. Ask with a humble and repentant heart. Those are words that are hard to come by these days, but ask in that way, and when you acknowledge you're sorry for the things you've done to others and to yourself, God hears you. Guess what? The angels rejoice. So, This Christmas season, why not get the gift that keeps on giving forever, and that's salvation. The good news is Jesus already paid for it. You just have to pick it up. And if you've already gotten yours, pass it on. Tell others about it. When God hears you talking about his son, he is well pleased. Will you do it? Don't put it off. Because there's a time for things, and that time is now. Now, I want to ask you, are you making time for rejoicing? I mean, have you noticed a great distress all over the world? You're not alone. I mean, lots of people are talking about it. Many Christians are focused on topics like the end days or the last days or the end of this age. And I get it. Sure, there's a disproportionate amount of wars and rumors of wars and men's hearts failing them from fear and expectation. But I recommend another strategy. Make this a time for rejoicing. Don't put it off till tomorrow because tomorrow isn't guaranteed to anybody. Nope, start today. Look up and rejoice. Why? Because Jesus said so. (laughs) He said when these terrible things are happening, that's the time to, quote, look up and lift up your heads because because your redemption draws near. Got stuck on redemption. If you're going to get stuck somewhere, that's a good place, right? And while there is a lot of war, famine, and other signs of the end days, some of the other signs Jesus mentioned have yet to manifest themselves very clearly. Um, There are things like, he said, signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars. And he said the sea and the waves roaring. Now, don't misread blood moons and eclipses to be those signs. Jesus was talking about signs that couldn't possibly be mistaken for anything else than a move from heaven itself. And you better believe when God moves, we'll all notice. 
And even if the worst signs start to happen today or this week or this month, look up. It means we're another hour and a day and a week and month or year closer to the coming of the Lord. But while another day remains, tell somebody about him. He wants us to bring as many with us to his home as possible. Um, I wrote a song about rejoicing and, and a time for it back in 1983. And the lyrics show you that, uh, that that time is today. The time for rejoicing is today. Um, I'm going to play that song for you, and I hope you'll take it to heart. But i got to tell you this. It's, uh, it's a song that I recorded on an old four-track cassette. Well, at the time that I was recording, it wasn't all that old, but it, that, that's old technology now. A four-track cassette. I remember it was a, a black one with uh, this Yamaha, black and had these four buttons for each track, and you could do these certain things. And if you wanted more tracks than that, you had to do a lot of ping-ponging and get very creative. But this is a demo recording of that song. And uh, so it's it's a very, very amateurish. Uh, I hope you'll uh, take the opportunity to snicker at my less-than-professional sound. But uh, here it is. It's called There's a Time.
Well, how about that, huh? A little uh, 1983 version of me. And uh, in a motel room somewhere out there in middle America on a four-track cassette recorder. So, And it was a demo. I was you know, putting it down so I could come back to it at some point. I haven't yet, but uh, maybe I still will. I like that song. If you like it, let me know. Uh, you can even let me know if you don't, but uh, I think I might actually work on that one again. So does that help you to rejoice and know that there's a time for rejoicing, which is today? I hope so. And I hope that you also realize that uh, because of all the love that can come to you from God, that's, that's the reason to rejoice, and it can last forever. Uh, your life is meaningless without love, especially from that love from God. I mean, you, you get my point there? I hope you're not offended by that, mis- that statement there. I mean, if you, if you are offended, I have to question whether or not you have love in your life. If that's truly the case, well, I recommend you attend to that right away. Tomorrow is not the time to start. If you've been following my articles or this podcast, you've probably noticed that's an ongoing thread that I harp on. I mean, that's because tomorrow is a concept, you know, to help us understand the flowing of time, even though it never really gets here. And your free will means you get to choose, you know, things like whether you'll believe in creation or evolution or science or fairy tales or living in love or living without love. You get to choose those things. You. Now, true Christian love won't lie to you about your own power. Christian love will tell you the truth about yourself even when it disagrees with your earthly sensibilities. You might hear a guy on TV talking about how faith can move mountains, or you might Gaze in amazement as another televangelist babbles in tongues as you wonder what in the world it means. And you might hear yet another TV ministry boasting about how much uh, they feed the poor and heal the sick and tend to the needy. But a guy known as the Apostle Paul wrote about what a Christian's greatest gift is. Know what it is? Yep, love. Paul said speaking in tongues without love is like making an obnoxious noise. I'm not quoting him verbatim. But it's, that's basically his point. He also said that being able to prophesy and understand all mysteries and having a faith to move mountains without love means you still amount to nothing. And he also said that even if you give all your goods to feed the poor and even if you give your body to be burned but you don't have love, it amounts to, yep, nothing. That's pretty strong talk. You notice how Paul used the word nothing twice within two verses? He must have known how important it is to emphasize what everything amounts to without love. Would you agree? Here's the good news. Love can build inside you despite what you might feel this very moment. Maybe it has to begin with an act of your will. Maybe you don't feel loved and you don't feel much like loving. But the great thing about love is it increases in you the more you give it away. You can be the starting point, and God will not allow you to go unloved as a result. Paul wrote, love never fails, and you know what? It never does. You may see a small battle not being won in love, but the ongoing struggles in life are only won in love, only in love. If you're feeling unloved today, I'd like you to know you're not. Your Creator loves you, 
and he wants to be close to you. Will you let him be the centerpiece and cornerstone of love in your life? Surely you don't prefer to struggle in doubt without love. And like I always say, the choice is yours. Therefore, choose wisely. That does it for this episode of the Words and Music Podcast. My name's Tony from TonyFunderburk.com. I want you, as always, to know how much I su- uh, appreciate your support for my words and music. It truly does mean the world to me, and I, I ask your help to uh, get these messages out to others. Show them how they can discover my books on Amazon.com or Smashwords. Just look up my name, Tony Funderburk. You can subscribe to this podcast, and if you do, I hope you'll leave me a, a review that you think it's A number one. You can leave whatever you feel, but I would love to have some of those reviews. You can also circle me on Google+, Plus if that's a place where you gather for social media. You can follow me on Twitter. That's one of my favorites. And you can watch my videos on YouTube, and there will be more coming soon at uh, YouTube forward slash, or YouTube.com forward slash Tony Funderburg. So, like I said, that does it for this episode of the podcast, and I uh, hope to see you soon. Until then, may God bless you and keep you. (laughs) 